the brain likes easy. And the easy thing is to go, I'm going to keep putting it off and distracting yourself. But in reality, it's not that hard to put those first five to 10 minutes in and gets the thing and gets the ball rolling. Now, sometimes it is a bit of a struggle. And I think that's where it's also smart to take a step back, maybe go focus on something else, go for a walk, reset, come back and sit down. But if you can lean into it, usually you're, you're going to be good to go. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Mind Muscle Connection. I'm Joe Klimazeski with Tyler Weeb. And today I want to bring up a topic that I that was really kind of introduced to me uh, in a different way, a different perspective than, than ever before this weekend. And it is procrastination, which I feel like I have really never had a problem with, and I'll explain that a little bit. But yet at this phase of life, I kind of feel I do. So I am revisiting the topic a little bit on a personal level. But Tyler, I was able to uh, speak with C.T. Fletcher. And I must admit, I did not know this guy. It just oh, like, man. He didn't know me. And then I find out after I had spoke with him, after I ate lunch with him and said our goodbyes, I thought, I better, you know, who was that guy anyway? So I look him up, 2.5 million Instagram followers, and he's just this living legend. And I thought, holy shit, like, gosh, I wish I would have known that when I was with him that day. But as you guys all probably know, and I did not, uh, you know, he had a valve replacement surgery earlier in life, had some heart issues. Then he ended up, I, I think, coding five times, literally waiting for a heart transplant once that valve needed replaced again. As a lot of things biological, you just can't do that again. So he needed an entire heart transplant. So five years ago to that week, he had had his heart transplant. And his speech, I mean, somebody who's accomplished so much in his life, some bench press championships and all kinds of strength feats, one of the strongest people who've ever lived. Uh, you know, he was giving this pretty, um, gosh, I don't want to say subdued. He was very much in control of the way he was presenting this information but it's all about procrastination. Whatever you want to do, whatever you're thinking about accomplishing, do it today. Do not wait until tomorrow. He said, I had tomorrow taken away from me several times. I should not be here. Uh, at this point in time when I had this heart attack because of this you know, AFib and valve issue, and then this, and then this, he said, I have died so many times and it could <laughs> that could have been the day it was the final time and so it, it's one of these like every day is a gift kind of speeches. But when you see somebody who has accomplished that much and it really happened with that kind of validity, it really does kind of bring it home. Yeah, I remember like I remember when he got super popular, it, it was a like I command you to grow. That was one of his things. I don't know if you came across like that, that video, but he was doing like a single arm bicep preacher curl. And he was just yelling at his bicep, I command you to grow. It, it's pretty funny. And if you actually go on Spotify, <laughs> yeah. he has like a like an album. And it's essentially just him like yelling at you and motivating you like through your headphones. It's it's pretty awesome. Like occasionally I, I put a couple way back in the day on some workout playlists and occasionally they'll come back up and he's just yelling in my ear, I command you to grow and so yeah, that, that's pretty cool that you got to meet him. Unfortunately, uh, not knowing who he was, but yeah, I maybe, maybe I mean, even hey, all the better. 
you know what in our industry like they do tend to be a dime a dozen you know these these type of people and and he i think he has waned a little bit since his initial popularity but you know to to the the procrastination you know issue um I think I'm probably the, the opposite of you. Um, that has been one of my biggest issues growing up uh, and and something that I've struggled a lot with of just, you know, putting it off. I remember in school, you know, not never doing like at least in like high school and elementary school, you know, never doing assignments or always waiting until the last minute to to do things. And so as I've gotten older, that's actually now started to get better as I've, you know, been able to, you know, start reining it in, start learning just to not procrastinate. It's not worth it. That doesn't mean that I still don't struggle with it. And it, you know, there's still things that will, you know, get put on the to-do list and, you know, they get kicked to, to next week and the week after. Um, and so in a few areas of my life, you know, there's, there's still my staff has to get on me to get things done on a more timely manner. Um, but yeah, for, for me, it's a little bit of an opposite thing, but yeah, I, I, those talks are, are always great. I think it definitely does kind of bring it home. I'm just, you know, I'm always curious of like, how do you turn that when you don't have that experience kind of into that, into that mode, right? You know, I was talking with, with a client, old client coming back this, you know, today and she just had a child and we were kind of talking about how no matter how much you expect it to be hard, you truly don't know until you go through it. And so it just, when you kind of talked about that, it made me think of that and how, you know, not all of us are going to experience a, you know, death in a sense where, Hey, we, we do get tomorrow. And so it's how do you actually then try to take that theoretical experience and turn that into, into action. Well, I think there you, we have to think of it in two or three levels because there is the mundane. So I, several years ago, made it a goal of mine just to not let things wait. So, you know, organizing my desk, taking the garbage out. Like, I don't say, I'll get that later. I in, If I see something that he's done, I just do it. And that has made my life so much better because I just don't have stuff piling up. Uh, the second level, though, is... You hear a lot of people talk about, well, you may not like it, but you just have to do it. You know, Jocko Willington, here's my picture of me waking up at 4.30 every morning. Like, I don't like it, don't feel like it, but I just fucking make myself do it. And like, yeah, there's some value to that. And there are some things that you know you have to do, even though you don't like it. And that's where you get some accountability. But there's a third level. And I think this really shows you the symptoms of where you want to put your energy if I'm not excited to do something, then why am I forcing myself to do it or feeling bad about not doing it? I, I said this a few episodes ago. For seven years, I said, I'm going to do yoga. And finally, this year, I'm like, I didn't do it again. It was on my list. January 1, I'm doing yoga. And finally, I said, I guess I just don't want to do yoga. So I joined my friend's martial arts studio. And now I can't get enough. I'm over there four or five days a week. And I found something giving me what I wanted, which was functionality and better mobility, but I love it. And you can't keep me away from it now, but you couldn't get me there for seven years when it wasn't what I really perceived as something of value. So I'm going to say it like this before uh, you comment, you got to find those things that, that really draw you in 
and then let everything else fall to the side. If you don't want to do that, then I think that's okay. And we have to be able to sort through that level one, level two, and level three I just described. Well, maybe you should have stuck with yoga considering the shoulder subscap injury. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would not. I, would I not mean, you're just off. as gumby now, but, you know, in a different way. Right. Mobility because <laughs> yeah. everything is torn on this side. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that's such a, a, a such a good point, too. And, and I think one that doesn't get talked about enough is is kind of that layer three of if I don't find joy in it, why, you know, why am I doing it? Right. It was who, who was that popular cleaner that on Netflix there for a little bit, you go wow. through your house and if it doesn't bring me joy, you know, you toss it out. And it, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of the same thing here because no matter what you enjoy doing, there's going to be small things in there that you just don't enjoy doing. Right. I think that's, I think that's going to be a pretty normal thing. And so you know, you're almost going to let that over, you know, that overriding joy of what you're actually doing to really actually work through those things that you don't maybe necessarily enjoy about the overarching thing. And so I think that gets so, yeah, overshadowed by that layer two of, no, you just have to do it no matter what, like that's what tough people do. And that's what, you know, blah, blah, you know, Goggins and, and all of that. Right. Um, and I agree, like to a certain extent, yes, but I think it kind of, it can just convince people that, you know, I just got to grit it out, even though I don't like it. And they become kind of miserable with it all because they're, they're hating what they're doing. And, you know, I know I've used this example, I think a couple of times, but just coming out of this last prep and, and not, you know, not wanting to do it. It was, I, there's no joy in it for me. And it was robbing joy of the things that I did enjoy doing about fitness and things like that. And, you know, just yesterday or this week went for a, you know, my first trail run in, in probably years with a buddy. And I was like, oh man, this is so much fun. This is what I enjoy doing. This is what I enjoy of that fitness aspect of lifting weights, of being healthy, of, of being active. It's all of those things that I have fun, not the stepping on stage, essentially naked and being being judged on how I look and paying for that privilege, right? Like that's that's not <laughs> something so that amazing I enjoy when you put it doing. that way. Yeah. Like I'm not I don't want to pay you to tell you that out of 20 guys I look the worst. Thanks. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I've I've often said that it's literally just putting ourselves in the position of a 4-H fair. It's like, you know, you're just standing there to be judged on how you look and you're assigned value and you go home. Um only one person gets the blue ribbon. But, you know, I, I do want to I don't want to just make this sound like it's that easy, because when you go back to that first level, which is just being organized enough to keep your life in check and, and on the rails, I think it really can be helpful to to have those little um, l- little guideposts. So, for example, I've used this in the past where Stephen King, who's written, I think, close to 60 bestselling novels. He said, look, you know, I've been doing this for 50 years and my formula hasn't changed. I wake up and my goal is I write a thousand words every day, a thousand words. That's no more than a page and a half. And he said, guess what? That turns into a book a year. (laughs) If I just do that, if I just six days a week, write a page and a half. Some days it's more because it really starts flowing. Some days I'm staring at a blank page for four hours before I get it right. But it that, that that is that discipline part to procrastination. And the irony is he does love it. Like he does love it. That's his career. 
but there are still those intricacies that that the mechanics that have to be put in place. Um, I will say though, on the other side of that continuum, it's good to be obsessed about something once in a while. You, you can't be obsessed about too many things. Uh, there are you know competing resources for that time and so forth. But man, as as we keep coming back to you know joy, quote unquote. Um, if, if you really feel so pulled that you're willing to orient your entire life around this, I think you got a pretty worthy pursuit, like run with that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and kind of in that same vein, it's like, you know, just because he has written, so it's like, he's also written a bunch of stinkers too. Like some of them aren't that great, <laughs> but again, like it still comes back to that discipline part of it. And out of you know, out of the crap, there's gonna become you know he's still probably considered one of the greatest you know horror writers to to ever grace this planet for how many stinkers he's had and and all of that and so I think it just also then shows to the discipline and the idea of keep going no matter what like there's no such thing as winning or losing it's just continuing forward and continuing to push and continuing to to have that dedication to, you know, write that thousand words a day, no matter what comes out. Right. Like, and hence, and hence, right. Like, Hey, you know what? There's four, there's four words. It may not be great, but you're starting that process of that creativity and, and starting to work some, towards something because I think what I've really noticed and, and kind of what, you know, I've really come to learn is when I do have uh, let's say two hours of, of work ahead of me, and maybe it's not the most fun work that I'm looking forward to, it's kind of that first five minutes. If you kind of start getting that ball rolling and like you get through that first five to 10 minutes and maybe, you know, put away the phone, no distractions, like truly kind of sink into that first five to 10 minutes, lean into it. What I have found all of a sudden that momentum just kind of starts to pick up and all of a sudden two hours is gone. I was like, Oh shit. Like what happened? Like, and I think it's just that, that realization of and like, like you were telling me earlier this week, like the brain likes easy. And the easy thing is to go, I'm going to keep putting it off. I'm going to keep putting it off and distracting yourself. But in reality, it's not that hard to put those first five to 10 minutes in and gets the thing and gets the ball rolling. Now, sometimes it's just not meant to be, and it is a bit of a struggle. And I think that's where it's also smart to take a step back, maybe go focus on something else, go for a walk, reset, come back and sit down. I think that is a, a viable thing to do. But yeah, I, I have found like if you can kind of, yeah, lean into it, usually you're you're going to be good to go. I've told you after two failed attempts of trying to learn guitar, my third attempt stuck because of exactly what you said. I I just made a rule that I... I literally have to have my guitar in my hands three times a day. And even if it's 30 seconds and, and I still do this a lot, there's one in my office over here. And if I realize, man, I just haven't been playing that much it, in my busiest times of the day, I'll be like, all right, I'm going to sit down and just for a couple minutes, go through a song or just, just, you know, and, and you're right. All of a sudden, 15 minutes later, 20 minutes later, you're still doing it, realizing this is amazing. Like, why do I not do this more often? But on, on more of the work part, I, I would like, to ask you when you were just starting out in a bodybuilding career, I'm going to guess there was that keen sense of obsession. You were looking stuff up, you were reading articles, you were watching other people compete, you were following the drama and the soap opera of the pros and every workout you, you like, you didn't want to leave the gym. Like you just, you loved it that much. 
And that's great. Like that's that obsession that you want to really drive you forward. At some point between where you are right now, which may be just a lull, you know, two years from now, you may be like, wow, I'm really excited to do this again. Um, there were times when it was work. It's like, okay, I don't feel like doing cardio. I don't feel like doing meal prep. I don't feel like doing this, but the goal was still there and you were willing to really work for that goal. Obsession is not going to be that high point every day, but I, I think that's how you at least etch that into your life as something that you really can be proud of, even if you leave it later or if it wanes down into more of a hobbyist mentality. But there, there is time when it's a little bit of work. And, and I'm curious kind of how you feel your career has transitioned in that way. Yeah, I mean, I think it's transitioned a couple of times because not only has it felt like work through bodybuilding, it's felt like work through work. Like this, like this has been my career now for roughly 10 years, you know, starting off as a personal trainer and, and you know, going through all of that. And so spent a lot of time in a gym, like since I was 15. And, and so I think sometimes like it can almost feel like work. Oh, I got to record this. I got to record that. Like, you know, almost like you don't really necessarily then get to start separating yourself from work and the gym. Whereas, you know, maybe before, like there was some of that separation. And so I think it's transitioned a couple of times. And I think what I've really just now come to settle on is just, just love being in the gym. I love lifting weights. I love, you know, I, I like the the side effects of looking good. Like it's, it's a pretty good, you know, pretty good side effect. And it's just more so now become a much more just part of who I am and, and not necessarily for, you know, certain pursuits or X this or X that it's, it's more so the, the longevity, the, the healthiness of it, the, um, you know, I think I've, uh, you know, I've, kind of renewed my passion since I've started working with you just kind of with <clears throat> the style of training and, you know, really seeing a lot of progress over the last year and, you know, the pursuit of, of personal PRs and pushing the intensity, because I think I've reached a level now where the workouts are very internal and, and very like mind to muscle, like connection, hey, you know, haha, that's the name of the podcast, but like truly like it, it's the skill has reached a level now where it's, you know, mid set, you know, feeling and making certain adjustments. And it's become something a little bit different now than it was, you know, five years ago, six years ago, three years ago, when it was, you know, two hours in the gym and just killing myself. It's it's just completely changed in that fashion. And then it's just fueling everything else outside of my life. And yeah, it, it's just kind of become that now. And are, are you yeah. commanding your muscles to grow now? I command, I'm just yelling. I'm just, <laughs> people look at me funny. They're like, what's this guy yelling about? And yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm looking at my triceps, look at my, you know, my quads. <laughs> you know, you, you, you curved us over into the realm of work and I'm kind of glad you did because I was going to go here as well. Um, no, no secret that I, I'm an introvert. I love, you know, I love being around people. I do, but then I need to go home and recharge. I, I can only do it in doses. So my natural inclination is to procrastinate on things, to just not even put myself in these situations. And one of these occurred yesterday, and it was it's just a brilliant example of why not procrastinating will usually lead to good things. You can always pump the brakes and just say no to something. But one of my clients had a grand opening. He's a big commercial realtor, and they had this huge new building, a historic building they renovated, and it was a really cool thing. 
And he just, he didn't even tell me until like the day before. And he's like, oh, by the way, can you come over? Really be cool if you came over and meet some people. So I'm like, uh, you know, I got to, first of all, it's a social thing. So my initial response is no, but then I, like, I have to, goes up. I have to yeah. move something. I have to, you know, do this. I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can. And then I immediately like emotionally punch myself in the face and say, okay, like, don't be a dick. Like you always do this. You always make excuses not to go somewhere social. And again, one of these mantras or life schemas I put into place a few years ago is I committed that I would never say no to these things, that my initial impulse would be yes instead of no. Even though, as you can see, it's still a fight. I said, yes, I will do it. I'm, I'm going to come. And I'm not kidding, dude. Like the very first person I meet when I walk in this place filled with people is one of the coolest, best guys I've ever met in my life. And, and he was, he, he was one of my very first clients in Evansville almost 30 years ago. We had some great uh, relationship time in different ways, you know, business and, and as client coach. And I just haven't seen him in years. You know, we've lost track. He, he has grandkids now. I have grandkids. And just like to be able to, you know, I mean, he bear hugged me and we talked forever and I got to meet some other people. And you walk away from that thinking, wow, I literally almost procrastinated this right off my schedule. And it was such a great time. And I mean, business will come out of this. Uh, personal relationships will probably, you know, with reconnections and even just starting from scratch will happen all because I said yes. Yes, man. Yes, man. Yes, man. Yes, man. I know we've made that reference before, yeah. so I'm glad we had a chance to do that again. <laughs> Deep cut for those who have been listening for a while. There you go. Yeah. What a, what yeah. a episode like four. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, again, I think you kind of come back to like just that momentum that gets built by just kind of saying yes to the work or or yes to that that function, like you kind of gain confidence from that. And like, no, that is that right decision. You start to get that experience of, yeah, just knowing the, that, that, that tangible payoff that does come from saying that yes. Right. It doesn't, it's not just like a, well, if I said yes, maybe it would be good. Right. It's no, when I say yes, you know, 98% of the time, it's a pretty damn good thing to do. And I think that uh, you know, typically that's going to be the same thing when it comes to, you know, your work, to your relationships, to, you know, to everything, like do not sweep things under the rug, deal with them when you have that chance and that opportunity. And it comes up because I think there's a reason sometimes, you know, we have those things come up and, you know, you just have to say yes to those in the moment as much as it might suck. Like, I know I've been through that, you know, a lot just in, even in therapy where it's like things come up, you don't really want to deal with it, but there's a reason that they're coming up, right? Like they, there's, it's time, it, it's time to deal with that. I've said this before, my, my life word, if you had to just put one word on my, my epitaph would be the word move movement. And it's, it's the exact opposite of procrastination, but I just find as long as I'm moving forward, I, I just don't feel depressed, anxious, bored. I don't feel like life is passing me by. I'm, I'm You're just staying in the flow just by constantly staying in motion. So uh, thank you, Tyler. Appreciate that and uh, your, your good experience on, on this topic. And we will see you guys next time in the Mind Muscle Connection.